Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Safer Food Podcast, where we explore the role of the private sector, specifically small to medium enterprises, in implementing safer food practices. My name is Patrick Kathambana. I'm the Regional Communications Officer with Bright House Consultancy and Training, and I'll be your host for this podcast. We're so excited to start this journey with you all. Let me now introduce our panelists. So first up, we have Russ Webster. Russ is the founder and CEO of Food Enterprise Solutions, or FES. Russ has a long career promoting the private sector as a key driver for food security and economic growth. He has over 40 years of experience in over 40 countries around the world. Next up, we have Roberta Loretti Bernard. Roberta has over 30 years of experience, as well as degrees and expertise in agriculture and agribusiness development in Latin America and Sub-Saharan Africa. She is the Vice President of Operations for Food Enterprise Solutions. All right, next we have James Rusty Eason. James is a highly accomplished cold chain expert, boasting an impressive 30-year career encompassing every facet of the cold chain and logistic industries. And finally, we have Sarah Nyambura Kiyori. Sarah is the founder and CEO of Bright House Consultancy and Training Limited. She's a seasoned professional with a decade of experience in the cold chain industry. All right, let's dive into the discussion now. Um, and we can start with Russ. Uh, Russ, please tell us about FES and why you started the company six years ago. Sure, thanks, Patrick. And thank you again for inviting me to join this important discussion. Um, well, my career has focused on promoting the role of private businesses, particularly micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises, promoting them as drivers for economic growth. And in the ag sector, these small businesses, or sometimes we call them SMEs, um, they are responsible for connecting the producers with consumers. And Although a lot of attention over the years has been given to farmers and producers and their very important role in the food system, relatively insufficient attention has been given to the role of these post-harvest businesses. And so we started FES to help fill this gap. Thanks very much. Thank you so much, Russ. Uh, next up, let's talk to Sarah. Sarah, could you give us some background on uh, Bright House and how the company began? Uh, thank you, Patrick. Um, Bright House Consultancy and Training Limited was started uh, sometime in uh, 2017. Just like you mentioned earlier, with my experience working in the fresh food market, I realized there was a huge gap in capacity training all through the food supply chain. And what Bright House does, we work with various experts in our industries to support small and medium enterprises organizations to where they transform and grow to where they can compete in the global market. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Rusty, maybe you can also chime in on uh, how Bright House was founded and the mission. Thank you, Patrick, for having me with this uh, podcast. My experience, uh, I found Bright House to be the place for my technical abilities. Uh, I wanted to support the SMEs and with my experience in 30 different countries in Africa and South Asia, where I'm more of an implementer, trainer, uh, analysis, supply chain analysis, working in the food industry. The issues that were confronted were so, was not solved by mere cash infusion. 
which most SMEs are looking for and in need of. But what was uh, overwhelming need for training and mentoring was always what we found in the uh, countries that I've worked in. So Bright House was a perfect place for my expertise. Great, thank you very much. Um, now to Roberta, how did the collaboration between Bright House and FES get started? And why was Bright House a good choice for a subgrantee? Great, thank you, Patrick, for having me on the podcast. Um, I worked on a post-harvest loss and nutrition project in Nigeria, um, and I had the good fortune to meet and work with, with Rusty, um, who works at Bright House, of course. Although our focus at the time was to work on post-harvest loss issues and how they relate to nutrition loss, we were both uh, you know, struck by the lack of knowledge and attention that's paid to food safety in, in all supply chain segments, not only in Nigeria, but globally. So when FES was conceptualizing a proposal to USAID for a food safety project called Business Drivers for Food Safety, I contacted Rusty to partner with us. Um, Rusty and Bright House's experience in Africa and Asia, not to mention Rusty's passion for the issue, was just a natural fit for our proposal to USAID. Thank you. Great, thank you very much. Um, so Rusty, Please share some thoughts with us on um, the development gaps, if any, in the countries where you've worked concerning food safety. In the countries where I work, I appreciate uh, Roberta sharing a little bit about our history together in Nigeria. Um, for me, uh, what's overwhelming is the different perspectives of food safety uh, from culture to culture, from place to place. Um, uh, also, in the, as a cold chain expert, the I don't believe you can actually have safe food without a, a unbroken cold chain. Uh, and in a lot of places, in a lot of cultures, having frozen or chilled product represents uh, food that's not fresh. Um, so they don't see it as an, a shelf life extension. Rather, they see it as a um, uh, product that it just was already over ripened or whatever and uh, needed to be secured is from a frozen perspective. Uh, when in actuality, um, freezing or any um, solution that extends the shelf life is basically there for quality purposes. Uh, so one of the biggest gaps is understanding that fresh food does not mean soon harvested. It, it, it means in the quality, how you handle it, how you store it, how, how you transport it, uh, the, the, the hygiene, the the, the sanitation levels, and all of these are not even not as documented or sanitized as would be in a developed market. These developing markets leave sometimes on the table sanitation is not a requirement, hygiene is not a requirement, you know, just to get food to the market. We understand why, but what we're trying to do as a, a, a collaboration here is to bring a professional implementation of food safety practices and quality management system to the low end of the um, the food chain, to be honest with you, yeah, for lack of a better term. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and from what you've said, it seems like food safety is a really huge and difficult topic to address. So this is a question now maybe for the panel. We could start with Roberta. Uh, how can one project like this really make an impact in this kind of an industry? Um, thank you for the question, Patrick. Um, food safety, you know, is a term that includes many aspects for supply buying consumer safer foods. Um, 
it starts with safe inputs, you know, fertile, uncontaminated soil and seed, uh, clean water, safe on-farm practices, and hundreds of others um, along the supply of value chains until it reaches consumers. Unsafe food impacts countries in many ways. Um, uh, it impacts their economy as well as their population, um, public health, human productivity, post-harvest losses, use of the natural resource base, medicine, nutrition, private sector health, um, which is a term I've started using, uh, trade and many other things. It's an overwhelming and daunting issue to address. And SMEs uh, or small to medium-sized enterprises play a major role in providing food for both local uh, populations as well as their export markets. We designed BD4FS um, in our methodology for, for working with SMEs in the area that we know best. And we've already made some impact on the SME level. Um, they're adopting food safety practices, standards of practices, prerequisites, quality management control systems, et cetera, and are preparing for the hazard analysis, critical control points, or HACCP and other certifications. The impact may be small and on a local level, but it's a start, you know, and at FBS, we don't just throw up our hands and say, oh, this is too big to deal with, you know, we, we can't influence everybody and Congress only wants data. Um, you know, we do the hard work alongside the SMEs. They're out there every day working to provide local food and safer food, and we're working alongside with them. Thank you. Patrick, if I could jump in um, at this point. Bert laid it out really very well, um, and that's what we're doing. We're working hand-in-hand -hand with businesses. And it's also important to recognize that the ability of these businesses to be profitable is also impacted by factors that are external to their operations, in particular, regulatory and policy issues, consumer awareness, consumer demand, and consumer expectations, for example. Um, so to complement the work that we're doing hand in hand to improve operations of these businesses, we also organize and facilitate business to government and business to consumer dialogue workshops. And these workshops really help to build a common understanding of what the food system is, what are the challenges that businesses face, as well as the challenges that consumers and government face, and what are their expectations and where can we find some common ground. And this aspect of our program we call uh, promoting a culture of food safety. Um, Bright House was formed by Sarah to support SMEs, and, and she's um, supported over 100 SME women-owned business over the last um, seven years. Uh, she's, we support them technically. <clears throat> we support them from a operational point of view, how to implement and, and to bring them into a global system of, of best practices. But we try to teach right-sizing of that solution. Um, uh, for their business needs. Uh, we work with each company. Uh, we we try to take um, one day at a time with them. We mentor them. Um, this is, even though it's an overwhelming issue and it's a global issue, all you can do is work with one person at a time, one company at a time, and then as you make a difference, they'll make a difference. And, and that's what we believe. And we just never give up. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, now, tell us about your expected outcomes for the food businesses that are part of these programs. Um, we could start with Russ on this. 
Sure, thank you very much. Yeah, this is a really important question too. Um, well, we have concrete measures um, at the enterprise level. We are measuring food loss and waste. We are, are tracking the adoption of food safety practices, which of course can, can decrease the risks of contamination uh, as well as decreasing uh, food pre-consumer food loss and waste. Um, we also are tracking with the businesses changes in sales. Um, and these are what we use to, to gauge the impact of our services. In addition to that, at the enterprise level, we're doing follow-up surveys um, of people we have trained over, over the period of the program to measure how much technical knowledge they've retained. Um, and finally, we are conducting a broad survey of businesses that we have not worked with directly to measure the spread effect of the work we've done with businesses in the marketplace. Yeah, uh, beside what Russ has mentioned, um, there are three outcomes that we're hoping to see uh, longer term. One is that each company adopts a very robust quality management control system and uses it religiously. <laughs> this means, you know, um, consistent staff training, equipment calibration, uh, establishing their hy hygiene SOPs, testing both the water and the food, pest control, et cetera. Um, second, we are hoping that, like Russ mentioned, to see an increase in revenues as a result of their hard work and gaining consumer preference. Um, third, for public officials that are tasked with regulating and enforcement, um, to provide these SMEs more uh, free basic information and services um, and to develop this or even repair this relationship around this issue with SMEs. Because so many times government actions are punitive instead of supportive. I, I must give a shout out here to USDA. Um, a business in the US or anywhere in the world really can go on their website at any time and get an overwhelming amount of information, <clears throat> which is important, especially in this era of the Food Safety Modernization Act in the US. Um, I'd also like to address the spread effect. Um, this project may be small, but I think it's mighty. <laughs> and um, the SMEs are not going to, um, with the work that we're doing, we're not gonna change this thing overnight, but there is a spread effect and they are starting to promote and exert some pressure you know, within their communities and into the broader um, food safety network within their country. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Roberta. Um, all right, so thank you all for your statements. And I think as we uh, conclude here, maybe you could give us some some final thoughts. We could start with Russ, then uh, Roberta, then Rusty. Great, thank you. Um, thanks again. This has been a really great discussion. Um, what, what I want to point out is that uh, the success of our program, the success of FES, the success of, of Bright House um, is just as much, if not more, uh, grounded in the talent and the commitment of the entrepreneurs and the business managers that we work with as it is in our own experience and the expertise that we bring to the challenge. And I just want to say how grateful I am for those partnerships as well as our partnership with USAID and other organizations in the countries where we are working. Um, and we feel very grateful to have this opportunity to work with these important partners on promoting safe and nutritious food for all consumers. That's how I'd like to close out and say thanks. 
Uh, thank you, Patrick. And like Russ, I want to thank all of our, our partners, you know, USAID um, and, of course, USDA um, and all of the implementers that work in the countries where we're working, um, sister organizations, and, of course, the businesses themselves. Um, they may be small. They may have only one or two or three people, but these are businesses, and they are trying to operate as businesses as best they can. And they deserve our attention and our support, especially in this top on this topic of, of food safety, because it's not just a local issue anymore; it's a global issue. And um, by working alongside them, um, I, I think that's the best place to start, or one of the the best places to start. And and we have seen um, their uh, commitment to this to just grow um, over the course of this project. And they've been, um, you know, involved other uh, actors, um, the finance sector the um <clears throat> the research people i mean they they have quite a wide network also extending backup chain to their suppliers you know so they are exerting some very positive pressure on this issue and we're very grateful for for opening up to us and allowing us to come in and work with them the last thing i'd like to say is that you know we created uh, and are implementing um uh, and testing a preparatory version of pre-hazard or pre-hazard analysis critical control points for SMEs uh, within our, our business drivers for food safety pro, um, project. And we'll go into that in more detail um, on that in our next podcast. Thank you very much, Patrick. And thank you, Bright House. It's been a great partnership. I appreciate the partnership between FES and Bright House. I, I think it's a, an example, a model that every agency and governor, governing regulatory enforcement agency should follow meaning uh, penalizing people or or companies or small SMEs is not what is required at this point in time. When you get overdeveloped, wealthy, multinational companies, that might be a different story. Uh, they know better. But when you have people who do not have the capacity or the access to the information to implement correct and quality control, um, you have to give them mentoring and training. And this is what Bright House and FES has done together for the past three years, I think now, and looking to do it for uh, until we retire. Uh, <laughs> so what I would like to also add is that, you know, we're dealing with 80% of the food industry. You know, 80% of the food industries are not multinationals. They may feed into that supply chain, but they do do not get fed from the quality control department of that same supply chain. So we fill the gap uh, for multinationals, honestly, that most projects do not do or have not looked at. That's to whatever advantage we have. That may be a competitive analysis really quick, but we have reached the hearts and the minds of good food businesses in four different countries. Uh, Roberto's been in 39 countries. I've been in 30 countries plus, I don't remember. But if you look at the, the amount of farmers, producers, transporters, and who have got the right size solutions for their implementation and their need, we're second to nobody. And that's where I would finish at. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Rosby. Um, and now, finally, uh, it would be great to let the listeners know where they could find out more about um, the programs that you're running and the work that you do. So uh, maybe, Russ, you could let the listeners know where they can find out about uh, FES. Yeah, thank you for asking, because we've produced a tremendous amount of material 
in the few years that we've been focused on this topic, as Rusty says, we're, we're pretty much leading the pack on understanding the challenges to these businesses. So um, please find us online at www.foodsolutions.global, but also uh, follow us on LinkedIn. We, we publish regularly on LinkedIn and publish link, linkages to other, other work that we are doing in our research studies. We've got a great knowledge center on our, our website. We're also on Twitter. So please uh, follow us anywhere uh, and uh, reach out to us if you'd like to talk about working together. Thank you. Great, thank you. Uh, Sarah, where can people find out about Bright House? Uh, thank you, Patrick. Uh, at Bright House, you can find us at brighthouseconsultancy.com or on our social media, you can find us on Bright House Kenya, Facebook, Twitter, and also on Instagram. Uh, food safety is everybody's job. That is what as Bright House we've adopted. And for us to keep it going, con uh, continuous communication in is necessary and feedback. So please talk to us uh, through our social media and also you can re reach out to us on our website, brighthouseconsultancy.com. Thank you. All right. Thank you very, very much. We'd like to thank our panelists for their candid answers and the great information they've given us. And uh, thank you to the listeners for tuning in. We shall be having more podcasts um, from July going forward. So stay tuned. Thank you and catch you next time. Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks very much. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.